0: My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. This week, the song we are using as a jumping off point to jump right into God's Word is the song by Newsboys, God's Not Dead. Interestingly enough, the song was originally released on their 2011 album, so it's not a new song, but it has been playing regularly on the radio ever since, and there's been a strong revival of it since the movie by the same name has recently come out. Now, the phrase, God is dead, was put forward first by a German philosopher named Nietzsche when he wrote the dialogue for a character in a play. And the character proclaimed that God was dead. The cover of the April 8th, 1966 edition of Time magazine also asked the question Is God dead? And the accompanying article addressed growing atheism in America at the time. And the movie that's out now is really does a great job of, of continuing that discussion of being able to defend. Our faith, and um, obviously, I, I do believe that that atheism has been growing ever since. But uh, for our purposes today, this song does a great job of declaring exactly what we will be discussing. The first thing I think of when I hear this song actually comes from Matthew chapter 28, verses 2 through 7. When it reads, there was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. Now, I'm not sure if you listened to the other podcast when I kind of described how to meditate on scripture, but one of the things that I like to do is to just really sit and ponder and think about what has happened in what I just read and think about what sounds I might be hearing or what smells I might be smelling. And there's just a lot of great description here when this angel comes down, rolls the stone back and sits on it and basically declares, God's not dead. He's surely alive. And so I can just picture the newsboys version of this in a music video or something like that. And, um, just thinking about things like that can might help it come alive to you. I also think back to you. I have a first grade student and she recently had a speech meet and we go, she goes to a Christian school and she memorized a poem, but one of her classmates memorized a section of scripture and his mom said on the way to the speech meet, he was wrapping his scripture from Psalms. And um, so she was kind of hoping that he would just stand up and give it normal and not do the rap version of it that he had been practicing. But she, he, she said he was so sweet that at the end he was like, I'm going to rock that Bible. And so I think sometimes, and it was just precious, but I think sometimes that we take things a little bit too seriously and we don't allow our imagination to be able to really see what's happening in the scripture but i just can't god's not dead he's surely alive and can you imagine being the angel or seeing the angel from a distance maybe like in a movie because i think if we saw the angel straight face to face we'd be like the the guards who just basically flat out passed out uh in when they saw him but uh First off, God is not dead. Jesus is not dead. But why is this important? And uh, I think the thing is, is that what good is a dead God? And how can a dead God save us? And these are the questions that you really have to answer. And that's what makes Christianity so unique. Because we do serve a Christ who is risen. He has actually defeated death. And that because of that, we have salvation. You also begin to see, just even from that scripture that I just read out of Matthew, that it was important for uh, to Christ that his disciples see him. And so just the angel instructed the ladies that had come to the tomb to tend to Jesus' body. And he said, he's risen from the dead. He's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. And 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 he said, "Go quickly and tell his disciples." And so I'll, I want to highlight a few other scriptures that talk about the fact that Jesus was seen by others, because I do think that it is it it was important uh, to him to be seen. He mentioned it several times, and it was important because of the details that we see in Scripture. But Acts chapter one, verse three says, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Now, I'm not sure you really knew that, that I know that maybe the story of Christ's death and resurrection is uh, somewhat familiar to you, but I'm not sure you realize that he kind of, um, there were, and we're not going to cover every detail of how he was seen and when and all the stories that happened, but he was... Uh, among the people his disciples and others for over 40 days before he ascended to heaven and so it was really important that as many people as possible Could see him and witness and bear testimony to the fact that he was risen, so that it was not just some sort of fairy tale or something that a small group of people could have made up. He made it very, very clear that he was seen. I do love Paul's recap of basically the gospel message in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He says, Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. Now, the word gospel, just as a side note, means good news. And here's Basically, what the good news is by this gospel, you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you've believed in vain for what I received. I passed on to you as of first importance. And here we go. Here's the gospel message. Christ died for our sins. According to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day. According to the scriptures and that he appeared to Cephas, which is Peter, and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than five hundred of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep, or another way of saying that some have died. Then he appeared to James, then all of the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. Now, we're not going to go into the story of how Christ appeared to Paul on the road to Damascus. If you're interested in that, the story is told in Acts, um, but this uh, Christ appeared to him after he had already ascended to heaven. So that's why he was saying he appeared to me as, as to one abnormally born. But but the 500, the, the apostles and the named people that he's talking about in this scripture, he Um, appeared to them during those 40 days that he was on earth over 500 people so again not just a small fraction of people that could kind of tell a story and and um, and get people to believe it that was false he appeared and it was very important that he appeared to those so that the testimony could be confirmed and affirmed so with all of this proof not only is he not dead he is surely alive. And if we go back to the chorus, my God's not dead. He's surely alive. He's living on the inside, roaring like a lion. So let's kind of take apart this idea that he is living within us or he's living on the inside. Now I want to take a minute just to talk about some Christianese that you uh, might have heard or be familiar with. And um, the first thought, the first song that came to my mind was is a hymn that I learned as a child. And it says, You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. And I think that uh, you may or may not have heard of a phrase like asking Jesus to come into your heart when referring to salvation. Another way is, um, to say, accept the Lord Jesus as Lord and Savior, or give your heart to Jesus. And these phrases may not necessarily be wrong in themselves. I'm not trying to say that, but I am here to say that the Bible never really tells us specifically to seek salvation in those ways. The biblical, uh, basically, the biblical summation of a saving response toward Christ is repentance and belief in the gospel and we've talked about that on some previous podcasts but paul laid it out for us i just read it in first corinthians you know that christ died for our sins he was buried raised the third day and he appeared to others and that if we can accept that gospel if we can accept this free gift of salvation um then and then it's ours it's ours for the taking so but again, this idea that he lives within my heart, again, it's not its not completely wrong. It's just not a specific quote from scripture that, that talks about that. However, there are places that um, talk about the fact that he does live within us. And so that's really going to lead us to our conversation of the context of our memory verse this week. And we're going to unpack that a little bit now in john 14 19 jesus himself said before long the world will not see me anymore but you will see me because i live you also will live and uh in the context of that first of all i want to say he says that basically he lives this he's having this conversation with his disciples as he's getting ready to enter into um just that whole process that happened for him to be crucified. And so this is, um, he, he's talking to his disciples and he's, they're going to leave from that place and they're going to go to a garden and pray. And then he's going to get arrested and then he's going to get um, abused and brutally treated and then eventually crucified and buried and, again, eventually rise again. But uh, the fact that he is saying this to them, because I live, you also will live. He knows he's going to defeat death. And this, that's what this song so boldly declares. And it's just what scripture boldly declares. It's, it's really what makes him worth surrendering to and serving. He is alive. And because he lives, We will live eternally, but not only again is he alive, but he is within us. So let's talk about that. Just past this area of our memory verse, Jesus tells his disciples in John 16, he says, very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. Now, the advocate is the Holy Spirit. And what he's saying is, um, I, you know, I'm going to be able to give you the Holy Spirit because when I leave, then I can leave the Holy Spirit behind and give him to you. And so he goes on to say, or there's another place in scripture that talks about the Holy Spirit and the fact that the Holy Spirit lives Within us, uh, upon our, our acceptance, or again, our salvation, uh, you receive the gift. You receive the Holy Spirit. He lives in us. Uh, in First Corinthians chapter six, verse nineteen, it says, "Honor God with your body. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price." Therefore, honor God with your body. We're a temple of the Holy Spirit, and He is in us, the Scripture says. So because of that, we're supposed to honor God with our bodies. So another thing, if the Holy Spirit lives within us, then we need to bear fruit. Uh, The Scripture says in Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. This is what should be coming out of our lives because the Holy Spirit is within us. Uh, So if the Holy Spirit is in us, we need to honor God with our body. If the Holy Spirit is in us, we need to bear fruit. If the Holy Spirit is in us, we need to live with power Romans 8:11 says if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of this spirit who lives in you this same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us so again this song and there's just one brief line God's not dead he's surely alive he's living on the inside he lives within us through his holy spirit and with that again it's it uh, this is not every instance but just three things that we can pull out just from three separate sections of scripture that He lives within us, and so we should honor God with our body. He lives within us, and so we should bear the fruit of His Spirit. He lives within us, and so we should be living with power. My God's not dead; he surely alive. He's living. Now, let's discuss this part about him roaring like a lion. Well, that comes from Hosea chapter 11 in a section titled God's Love for Israel. And I want to read it to you now. And it says, when Israel was a child, this is God speaking, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. But the more they were called, the more they went away from me. They sacrificed to the baals and burned incense to images. Basically, he's just saying they, the sacrifice to idols, things other than God. It was I who taught Ephraim to walk, taking them by the arms, but they did not realize it was I who healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love, To them, I was like one who lifts a little child to the cheek, and I bent down to feed them. Now, will they not return to Egypt, and will not Assyria rule over them because they refuse to repent? A sword will flash in their cities. It will devour their false prophets and put an end to their plans. My people are determined to turn away from me. Even though they call me God Most High, I will will by no means exalt them. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, Israel? How can I treat you like Adma? How can I make you like Zeboim? These are, these are pagan cities. My heart is changed within me. All my compassion is aroused. I will not carry out my fierce anger, nor will I devastate Ephraim again. Of course, Ephraim again is, is another reference to Israel. For I am God and not a man, the Holy One among you. I will not come against their cities. They will follow the Lord. He will roar like a lion. When he roars, his children will come trembling from the west. They will come from Egypt, trembling like sparrows, from Assyria, fluttering like doves. I will settle them in their homes, declares the Lord. Now in this section of scripture, when God roars, his children return in humility with repentant hearts. And he is a god and not man. He says it just word for word right there in this scripture. And and I just want you to understand that he has all of his characteristics displayed in the Bible all of the time. And so he is Father, he is Son, he is Holy Spirit. And so if he if he can have all of these characteristics at all all of the time, just and compassionate and anger angry towards unrepentant sin and if he can roar like a lion in Hosea chapter 11, then who is to say that he is not roaring now and if the Holy Spirit lives within us and he is the characteristic he has all of the characteristics of God all of the time. who is to say he is not roaring now? And so first, Calling us to repentance in our own hearts, and then through us to testify and to call others to himself through us. That's powerful. So, if you're not sure what I just read in Hosea about Egypt being, uh, or Israel being called out of Egypt, and there's some time that you could spend in the Old Testament to really understand what was happening there. Uh, We did talk about um, Exodus last week. And so if you want to spend some time in Exodus, that'll make a little bit more sense when it says, I loved um, Israel and I called him out of Egypt. But I just want us to understand that when it says roaring like a lion, that God has all of his characteristics all of the time. And he does live within us. If we've accepted um, his gift of salvation, his Holy Spirit lives within us. And who's to say that He's not roaring like a lion, but again, first for our own repentant hearts, that we would come humbly so that He can set us in our homes, but also so that through us He can be um, testify and, and draw others to Himself. Now, in conclusion, I would like to draw your attention back to the context of our scripture reference this week. And this is where this week's challenge lies. I know that Easter has recently passed as I'm recording this podcast, but there is not a season to understanding the fullness of what happened in the last week of Christ's life. So it's not like, well, it's not Easter, so I don't really want to spend time in that section of scripture. Also, the context of our memory verse this week has a lot of red letters now if you have a bible either digital or print that offers red letters basically what that means is whenever jesus is speaking the text is in red so if you've ever heard that um, phrase red letter that's what that is referring to and in this area of the gospel of john there are a lot of red letters and i just love reading the words of jesus himself So if you begin reading in John chapter 13, of course, you can always start even before that. I would love that. But if you um, just to kind of capture the context of what we're talking about this week, if you start in chapter 13, you'll begin to see the context of why Jesus said what he said in our memory verse. You're going to see the disciples' confusion and how they're processing what Jesus is saying he's just talking about the fact that this is it guys I'm getting ready to die and they're very confused they don't get that because they thought that he was going to come and be the king and they didn't understand that he was he was going to be the king of kings and lord of lords of all mankind not just Israel in that season of history but they're so they're pretty confused, and then, if you continue reading all the way through chapter seventeen, you'll see a beautiful prayer that Jesus prayed out loud for the disciples' benefit to hear what he was saying to his father, and you'll even read the part that he prayed for you. That's right. Jesus actually prayed uh, quote, "My prayer is not for them alone talking about his disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through." Their message. So if you've come to a saving faith in Christ through the message and the truth of scripture, that prayer is for you. And uh, if you keep reading through chapter 18 and beyond, then you'll see his arrest, his sentencing, and his crucifixion. And then, of course, on to his death, burial, and empty tomb. And then finally, in chapter 20, John, the author of this gospel, writes... This, quote, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. So there you have it. This is why I'm so desperate for you to read all this stuff for yourself. I too, like John, want you to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Because he is not dead. He is alive. And if you will just receive his gift of salvation, he will come to live in you. And then at his roar, we can return to him and allow him to call others to himself through us. So go ahead, read it all for yourself in the Gospel of John this week. As I close today, uh, I just have a few quick announcements. And all good things must come to an end. And you can only be in New and Noteworthy for so long on iTunes. And so uh, that time, that season has come to an end. But you are continuing to download and listen Review and share. And when you continue to review, my podcast will be easier to find uh, by others. And your reviews are appreciated. Your encouraging words are cherished. So if you take time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you. So thank you to Sky9361 for reviewing the podcast this past week. Another way to share this podcast is through the quick links at the top of each episode. You can share this episode via Facebook, Twitter, or email by clicking the link found at the top of this week's post. Just go to michelleknizat.com forward slash 11. I am on Facebook and Twitter, and I'd love for you to follow me there at michelleknizat on Twitter or facebook.com forward slash michelle michelleknizat.com. Or there are quick links at the top of my homepage as well. And finally, I create weekly Memoryverse resources exclusively for my mailing list. Be sure to sign up by giving me your name and email address. Then you will be notified each Monday when a new episode is posted and it will include a link to free Memoryverse wallpapers and printables. The sign up box for that is on my homepage as well. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. My next podcast will be on Shake by Mercy Me. If you have a question or comment on this song, you can leave me a voicemail message at com forward slash podcast question. If you would like to comment on this episode, please go to michellekneesat.com forward slash 11, where you'll find the show notes for this episode. Scroll down to the comment section and I would love to hear from you comment, question, or whatever. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's Word and consider His ways.